Hey everyone, thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in, relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing speaker that's going to hit the platform in just a moment by the name of Katie Dean. Uh, today she'll be sharing her testimony of how she went through some trials and tribulations as a child that possibly led her into a toxic marriage. So thank you, Katie, so much for coming on and uh, just giving a opportunity to share your testimony. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm good. I'm good. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> so. Before we get into the good stuff of your testimony, uh, can you tell us uh, one or two things that you enjoy doing on your free time? Oh, goodness. Just one or two. <laughs> um, yeah, I love um, I love trying new things, especially when it comes to fitness. So recently I've been getting into climbing. Have you ever guys or guys ever been climbing before? Hiking, um, if that's yeah. kind of like the same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this, I've tried. Right. I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried climbing like at an actual like a climbing gym with like the ropes and the harness and everything. Oh, so okay. I, yeah, okay. I like trying that. I love hiking too. So oh, definitely. I love hiking. Yeah. Definitely, I love hiking. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So you right. you tried something new. So do you enjoy the climbing now? Is that something that you do over over hiking or? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I would probably still yeah stick with hiking. It's just it's different when you're like one with nature and like outside and actually like experiencing like everything and yeah, uh, just kind of mm-hmm. like tuning out from the world for a little bit <laughs> climbing is kind of like all right don't fall <laughs> yeah you just gotta like because you gotta watch yourself and your stats so you're mm-hmm. like yeah exactly. i like my feet on the ground i think i prefer <laughs> yeah my feet are on the ground so yeah hiking is good like. <laughs> okay so you're adventurous i like it i like it so have you did any um any water adventures like scuba diving or anything like that Actually, no. So I'm not really adventurous at all. (laughs) Thank you. No, yeah, I actually, I never learned how to swim when I was a little girl. So anything like with water kind of terrifies me because it's a much more higher risk, right? On that side. I fall from some rocks. Like I I have the harness and the ropes. I'm good. But like, yeah, like diving, it sounds fun. Have you been to don't. So you don't trust the, the life? protection there <laughs> but you trust the harness i got you right? um i yeah i i kind of could i could totally understand that right well, no worries i can't swim either so uh, i, I can't either but i love oh, the water wow. but i love water mm-hmm. i do too i can't swim but i love water. <laughs> I, I, I float like... yeah i float <laughs> i love that too funny so can you tell us a little bit about um, your life and how was everything growing up um, before we actually get into your testimony about your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up um, healthy family overall, but um, of course, there's a lot that goes behind closed doors. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I did grow up as an overweight child, um, which came with a lot of 
problems in itself and problems with trying to ignore society and what society likes to tell us, especially women, where like you have to be thin and you have to take up less space mm -hmm. and you have to hide and you have no voice. And so it was really a struggle that way. And then, um, of course, like with the bullying and everything that comes with that, um, because kids can be cruel, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> um, but it got so bad that I asked my parents um, to be homeschooled in high school. So mm. um, it kind of kind of flourished from there. So from uh, from that, I started to try to like really get into nutrition and understand like the nutritional value of food um, and try to not like binge as much because a lot of like the eating disorders came with it too. Um, so yeah, so that kind of switched from um from kind of like the binge eating and those kind of like disordered eating and being more like healthy choices <laughs> with with my food and okay. um trying to feel more comfortable in my skin as opposed to listening to society like I wasn't trying to get to a size zero because that's impossible for my frame but um just being comfortable in my own skin so that was kind of my goal <laughs> so Okay, okay. Okay. Did your parents ever ask you why you wanted to be homeschooled or was was they aware of the things that you were going through as a child? No, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, but not funny because, no, they they were um, really oblivious to it. I tried talking to them about it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, they didn't really see it as a big deal. <laughs> excuse me sorry um they didn't really see it as a big deal and um to the point where they were like well what are you doing to get bullied like it was just kind of like pointing fingers um and it was years and years later it was actually last year or two years ago where my mom saw a post that I had on social media where I was like more transparent about it like hey yeah I was bullied as a child she was like oh I had no idea I'm like mm, well I tried telling you <laughs> but thank you wow. thanks for caring now <laughs> so hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that brought awareness to her now, you know, mm -hmm. um, or or major or a possibility of not really, you know, listening. Because sometimes we we speak on something, but we're not really listening. We're there, but yeah. we're not there. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that was maybe the situation. I'm not sure. Or mm -hmm. with you being transparent, it kind of opened up her eyes and maybe um, she felt as though she could have did a little bit more now. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it happens, you know. Mm -hmm. Being parents, we don't we don't have uh, a manual to show us how to parent. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> true. And indeed, kids are really cruel. Kids mm -hmm. are really cruel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I I totally get it. But that's that's amazing how she was able to open up now and mm -hmm. speak on it to to open up a door for you guys to speak a little bit more about it. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just timing, I guess. Really, like. Now she's able to talk about it. So it's just a full That's circle. Great. You know? Yeah. That's great. I mean, sometimes as like Shanara said, you know, sometimes we don't always know unless our child talks to us and you know, we can always ask you, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And sometimes mm -hmm. when a child's ready to talk, you know, that we have to give them that space to be able to confide in us and be ready to come to us. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy because, you know, we can always tell our child or, you know, you were probably hurting and she was seeing it, didn't know how to go about it. And then you finally, you know, she was like, OK, you know, she finally listened and you were able to finally open up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So transitioning from um, being a teen, uh, being a 
in elementary and, you know, being teased and things like that. As you get older um, and now you're you're into boys and being into a relationship, how did you actually meet your husband? Yeah, um, through a mutual friend. So we met um, past college. I was young, 18 or 19. Um, okay. Yeah, when I met. So I, I was young. I married young. But yes, we met through a mutual friend, just like an after college, like party kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And let's see. So as you were married, how did how did things transition? Um, how long were you guys married before you realized, wow, this is not the person that I thought you were? That's a that's a really good question, because, well, we were married for a total of six years. And okay. wow. looking it was one of those realizations where I was so far deep when I was in the marriage that I made an excuse for absolutely everything. So it wasn't until I was out on the other side where I looked back and I'm like, oh yeah, that wasn't normal. That's not okay. Like, and especially mm. before I talked about it with other people, they're like, oh, he did that? <laughs> like, that's not that's not how you treat a human being. <laughs> like, but I always made excuses. So that's a good question because like, it wasn't like a, um, you know, two years in and like, okay, he started being like cruel or doing this or that or whatever. It was kind of like over time, just a lot of little things kind of added it up. Um, okay. And I, I didn't realize until I was out. And then, yeah. Uh, when they were in the marriage, did, did you even like, you know, how did he make you feel, you know, even mm -hmm. with the abuse that was going on? Like how, what was the first time that, you know, you're like, why is he making me feel this way? Why is he doing this to me? It was it was very early on. Um, okay. It was very early on. And I don't know if it, it was me just not explaining myself right <clears throat> or him doing what he did where he would turn, you know, um, turned everything around on me and made me like, you know, the, um, the person to blame. Um, so yeah, it was early on where, um, there were feelings like, oh, that's not okay. Or that feels wrong. Or that made me upset. And I would go and talk to him about it. And he's like, no, I didn't mean it that way. Or no, you heard me wrong. Or it was like all like the gaslighting. So then in my mind, I was like, oh, I must've, yeah, just heard him wrong. Or he must've meant okay. it this way. So it's on me. Everything's on me. So that was kind of the, the, um, theme of the marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. And were you guys the same age or was he older? He was a little older, just by a year. So okay, mm -hmm. okay, all right. So, uh, let's take a step back down memory lane. Being a teen, you know, and expressing your well, a teenager, eighteen, nineteen, expressing mm -hmm. yourself in in regards to certain situations and circumstances, and he's always like, "No, that's not what I meant," or "That's just how you looked at it." Did it make you feel like insecure or low within yourself because you just weren't getting it? Absolutely. He stripped every form of autonomy that I had from myself. Wow. And again, didn't realize until later <clears throat> um, that that was really happening. It was one of those things where it's like, I'm supposed to be this way, like a cookie cutter. Like, you know, I grew up in a Christian family. I am the woman. So I have to cook and clean and be the good wife. Like it was always have to fit in this box. Mm. And he was the one to remind me <laughs> that I'm supposed to be fitting in this box for him. So Wow. That was just part of his control and power over you. So, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. It really was all about the power and having that control over every little thing, like to the point where even today I'm still kind of triggered with going to the grocery store because he wouldn't let me pick out, like we would have to go together 
he would okay. never go by himself and I wasn't allowed okay. to go by myself. And every time I would try to pick something out, like, oh no, that's too expensive. Or no, we don't need that. Or like, it was always like, if I tried to have a voice, it was shut down. It was always his decision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. So he, he kind of muted you during the whole marriage. Was Absolutely. he like that in public uh, when you were around friends or family or did he isolate you or anything like that? Or was it like a totally different person? Totally different person. And that's what wow. like, I'm still kicking mm-hmm. myself. facade. What's that? A whole facade. He had a whole facade. <laughs> Absolutely, he did, and that's why, like, even at the end, um, when the divorce was in process, uh, my parents were like, "Well, why? He, we love him. He's the best. Like, why?" I'm like trying to explain it, and they won't believe me. Like of the things that happened, and because once you see, you know, once you see anyone in person, and you know they're as charming as can be, and then mm-hmm. if you hear a bad thing about that person, you're like, "Really? That that person? Like, no, of course not. They're charming." So yeah, yeah. He had it all. <laughs> all he had it all together in that part, right? <laughs> so, it, so it was like, you know, when he's around everybody, he's acting like this normal, lovely, dubby husband. And then when he's alone with you, he was a totally, you know, per- different person. And then, like, you know, when you guys have got divorced, you're like trying to let them know, like, hey, this is the type of person he really is. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what sucks sometimes is that, you know, when narcissism and, you know, people that are narcissistic that, you know, we, we're trying to tell the truth and no matter what we say, we try to voice like, Hey, he's like this, he's like this, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, your truth and people are like, no, that's not how he is. He's so kind, this and this and that, because they don't really know him. Mm -hmm. But then that's when like, it's the misinformation on that, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's still trying to make you out to be like the bad person while he's still making it seem like he's the victim and all this. And actually you're the victim. And then it's just turning around on you. And then like, when the truth comes out, they're like, Oh my gosh. But then you're like, I told you so. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wow. So can you speak on um, maybe some examples that may help someone else that may be experiencing it and maybe not not sure that they're in, you know, a narcissistic relationship? Like you said, you guys were together for six years and it kind of prolonged where you're just like thinking in the beginning, oh, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you realize, no, this is not OK. Right. Yeah, I definitely would advise that it's not just you. So it is not just you. <laughs> like it's if you're having second thoughts and there's those red flags, definitely act on them and ask them, ask the person. And if they're constantly dismissal, like dismissing you and just shoving you out or making excuses, that's another mm-hmm. red flag. Um, so even suggesting like if it gets to couples therapy and, but if they're like pushing against that, then that's another red flag. So it's just like, try to find your, your own boundaries, um, and go from there. But no, it's, it's not just you. (laughs) Mm, Wow. So at any point, even during the process, um, was there like anyone that even believed you at some point? I didn't get to ask you that earlier. That's a good question. Um, I would have friends that would empathize where I would kind of like complain, like vent to my friends, like, oh, you know, he did this the other day or whatever. But I guess I always, I was kind of part of his scheme because I would always make excuses for him. Like Mm -hmm. even talking to like my parents about it, like, yeah, he did this, but he had a bad day. So like, I would always like, I conditioned myself to make excuses for him. So like, even when I was kind of, you know, girl talk, complaining to girlfriends, 
it was always like there's an underlining like oh but he's not normally like this or just mm. making an excuse for him so mm, okay. yeah okay so where what transition where was the aha moment where where you was just like you know i've had enough i'm ready to to walk away from this divorce um it's it's shutting down my voice and mm -hmm. you know i'm not feeling comfortable in it mm -hmm. it's what was it's, the last straw? What was the last straw? Like, yeah. enough of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. And I love that because the last straw doesn't seem like a last straw, but it, it like, so, but it was for me, it was for me mm -hmm. in the relationship. So um, we were, we were at um, a funeral, his grandmother just passed away and um, his cousin, and I think they were married at the time, but anyway, so his cousin and, and her husband, the way her husband treated her, treated the cousin, was like she was a princess. Like he treated her like he actually looked at her when she was talking. He wow. opened the door for her. He was like a gentleman to everyone around him. And I was just just viewing them as like, is this is that normal? I thought that was just on rom-coms. Like I didn't know that right. this actually existed in real life. So I was wow. just watching them and like, oh, that's. I don't feel like that in my relationship. And it was a wow. huge clarity. Like actually I have goosebumps now just thinking about it because I haven't been thinking about it for a while. So that night I just kind of sat by myself on the stairwell and was just really thinking about the relationship. And I think I came to the conclusion then where I was like, this, this has got to end. I'm miserable. He's getting his way mm -hmm. and I deserve to be treated better. So how did he take you wanting to leave? He was shocked. He was, I think mm. at first it was anger and then it was the depression. And then it was the, oh, I guess I'm miserable too. And maybe this is for the best. Like it, he kind of made it his own decision <laughs> at okay. later. But yeah, he definitely came with it with anger at first. Um, he was very angry. Luckily, at that point, we had a home with two separate bedrooms. So I was able to move out of the bedroom okay. and give him space and give myself space. But yeah, he definitely reacted with anger at first. Hmm. So when you... Uh... You said that he was angry. Did he try to even at any point try to hurt you there in that process when he was angry physically? No, no. He never um, put a hand on me in that in that sense. Um, he was abusive in other ways. Um, okay. But no, he never hit me or was physical in that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was more like the emotional breakdown, breakdown yeah. Katie abuse, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that has the same effects as physical abuse because yes, emotional abuse is mental and that's something that you replay over and over mm -hmm. again versus yeah. like a physical, like it may hurt temporary or, you know, within that time, but mental yes. is something that sticks in our head, you know, and mm -hmm. it's hard to unplay something that you heard and then then maybe be a part of you that feels that he may be right, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you have a childhood that you've been bullied, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. I definitely can relate to that. Uh, when you were younger, was your parents married? Were they together? Yes. And yeah, they still are to this day, but yeah, they oh. were. <laughs> yeah. So did they show you um, like an example of what a great marriage looks like? And did you view their, so you had, we all have my, 
my little parents a little dysfunctional too. <laughs> but I was going to ask you that. Did you have an example of your life, you know, growing up from your parents? Did they show you how a marriage is supposed to look? That was my next question. No, it's a good question. Thank you. No, um, they they had the stereotype have the stereotypical what is it like 1950s marriage where okay. um, my mom stayed home <laughs> and she did all the cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids and dad came home angry every night and didn't really see dad and um, whenever they had fights it was behind closed doors so they like mm-hmm. protect the kids kind of thing and okay. um, but it was very passive aggressive it was very um, you knew dad was mad when it was silent <laughs> Like he had his yelling fits, but it was like it, you just know you walk into the room and then feel the tension. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was just how they, how their marriage was <laughs> growing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in your marriage, I'm I'm guessing that's how you wanted to be, like the woman that's cooking and cleaning and to to please your please your husband. Mm-hmm. As so, like your mother did. Okay, it's understandable. That's yeah. definitely understandable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, even after, so how did, after the divorce, how did, how, where did you start picking yourself at? Where did you go from there? Yeah. So the divorce finalized, um, right in the middle of COVID. So it was February. Uh, no, it was actually 2009. It was end of 2019. Okay. Okay. So, and then I moved, um, he kept the house. I moved out of the house to my parents until I was able to get my own place. Okay. And then I moved like March, 2020 um, to my own apartment. So it was lockdown. Couldn't see anyone. <laughs> I worked from home. Wow. <laughs> there was a lot of self-reflection. Yes. Um, so a lot of time. It was actually looking back at it. It was probably the best scenario for me in that moment. Obviously COVID was terrible in all aspects of the word. Um, but for me, I was able to kind of sit with myself, sit with my thoughts, as terrible as that sounds, um, but really have that self-reflection. And I didn't have money for therapy, um, didn't have money for medication or anything like that to deal with like the depression, anxiety and everything. Um, so, and then my friend, I lost a lot of friends because they were on his team. They thought that he was, you know, this god (laughs) so i didn't really have a support system so um it was me and my cat and (laughs) and a lot of self-reflection so yeah it's kind of good though that you had it um you were able to do the self-reflecting during covid i mean it may be a blessing in disguise because what happens when we typically have so much going on and we we're going through something internally. We mm-hmm. try to like push it down and we keep yep. our life and keep moving. And we got to do this, that, and a third. And we, we try not to really like let it affect us or deal with it. So yeah. um, it may I be agree. something that you needed to actually be able to move forward because you were able to sit in it and get mm-hmm. through it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. You had that time alone to like, you know, even though it was a bad situation, but it also was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got through it. And then, you know, self, self-reflection is the, I, it's, I, it, I feel like that's also holding ourselves accountable, you know, accountable for ourselves at that point, because, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there, you're thinking with your cat, you know, <laughs> and, you know, you have all the time in the world to be alone and just like get your thoughts together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it was definitely a blessing in disguise for sure. 
Well, I love that you were able to um, get out of that situation, you know, and not let it hinder you or hold you back from the person that you are today. Mm-hmm. If you could give advice to a woman who's recovering from a narcissistic relationship, what would it be? Definitely don't give up on yourself. You mm-hmm. have been blessed with this life with this one body don't give up on yourself it is not worth it to dive deep into those those dark tunnels of just what if this or what if that and just overthinking everything like you are worth it and you're worth the love that this life has to give that other people have to give um there's if you see if you start to see the red flags then question it don't don't make excuses because you are worth it Mm, i love that love that can you give um you know some examples of some red flags for the ladies so anyone that's like don't that they they're seeing something but not quite sure know what it is yeah absolutely because there are some things where it's just normal in a in a relationship where you fight like arguments happen of course and misunderstandings happen and if I feel like one of the main red flags was I wasn't able to talk to him about it. Um, If he said something um, that maybe I misinterpreted or maybe I misheard it and I, I would approach him and it was always met with anger. It was always met with, well, you did this the other day or no, I didn't mean it like that. It was always met with like the walls came up immediately. The defenses came up immediately and I wasn't able to have a conversation with him. So it didn't teach me how I couldn't like, have an argument i couldn't um have some sort of like discussion because if i would start it it would immediately end right there so Mm -hmm. there was no back and forth or anything or or anything like that so um yeah it's just that's that was a huge red flag for me was um that it it, anything i would say that was negative towards him it was always uh responded with with anger Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't take no accountability at all. Yeah. Yeah. Blaming others, always like putting up my hands and like pointing fingers. It's yeah, definitely a red flag. If you can't talk to them about it, right? Like it's just having being able to have that conversation. It's it's human. (laughs) It should be anyway. And and then and you being married, you should be able to have conversations with your you know with your spouse, and you can't because he's shutting you down constantly. Absolutely. Then just like trying to pull that reverse psychology on you like oh well you know it 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 that 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 is something that's like that's her fault you know yeah. and and then it's just when you shut down you know yourself and you're like I can't really talk to my husband so mm-hmm. then he's like oh well why can't you talk to me because exactly. you're shutting me con- you're shutting me down constantly and there's no communication at all mm-hmm. It's psychological. It really is because mm-hmm. it makes you think that you have no voice. And it goes back to societies like you should be smaller. You should take up no space and have no voice, <laughs> and like especially as women. And it's just it's hard to hear it from the world. And then it's someone that you're supposed to love and trust for the rest of your life. Like if you hear it from them, then it must be true. Right. So right. you really get in those mind games and it's just it's hard to break out of it. Mm. Okay. Okay. So during your um, reflection season of getting to know yourself, what is something that you were also able to do during the pandemic that's um, turned into a business down and um, able to help women in the community? Yeah, yeah. So um, before I started my business, I was an accountant and it's a great job and paid the bills, but I woke up miserable every day as well as just recovering from the divorce and all of that. So, and COVID and, you know, you tune into the news every day and it's like, what else bad is happening? Right. Um, 
yeah so there there's all that but um yeah just woke up miserable every day um working at a corporate job and i was like is this really all life is like it's just waking up to a nine to five and feeling miserable about myself and i'm you know i'm in my 20s like i have the rest of my life like what is this really all there is so um i decided to leave the corporate world and I was like, you know, every time I'm not in the office, I'm in the gym. So if there's a way and the gym brings me joy. So is there any way I can have, you know, be in the gym and get paid for it? <laughs> so that's where it, um, <laughs> it kind of flourished from there. And I was like, I was coaching group classes at a big gym. And then that transformed um, to I was like, I, I want to be more like one on one with people mm. and really know their why of like their fitness goals and everything. It's not just lose 20 pounds and right. have a, have a mm. life. After. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's your why of why you want to lose 20 pounds? So went from group coaching to one on one and started my own business from there. So it was an absolute blast. I just started it uh, January of 2022. Um, and been thriving. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't switch it for the world. <laughs> nice. That is so great. So what is um, your most memorable moment of, you know, having your own business versus being in corporate America? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had to pick just one, it's it's always <laughs> um, just seeing the joy on people's faces um, when we're working out because it's, and especially when we're working out, because whenever you think about exercising, it's like, oh, do I have to? Like that sort of thing. Um, but no, they, they genuinely love it. And, um, one of my clients, he's never touched a dumbbell or been in a gym before we met. And now next month, he's going to his very first powerlifting competition. And wow. he is nice. I am so excited. Yeah. So like, that was a huge transformation for him and I'm just so proud. So yeah, it's definitely awesome. motivation. So I know that that feels amazing that you're mm -hmm. able to, you know, push him into doing something that he never expected in his life, especially. Mm -hmm. never yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I just placed that little bug in his ear and then he, he went for it. He was the one that asked. So I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's quite amazing how you take out, you take your time, you know, to do one-on-one -on -one sessions because as one that I like going to the gym and I can't, I can't always like continue to, you know, I'm like tougher. I do things half you know, have. Yeah. So sure. and sometimes it's always good to have someone like push you and, and hear them out and what they really want and what they feel like they need done. And I applaud you for that, for taking your time out to do that with, um, you know, with others and helping them wanting to lose weight. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely great seeing other people thrive. Right. And like, yes, it is on what they want to get done. Yeah. It's like, it's seeing your kids like accomplish anything, you know, and like, if it's like, Oh yeah, you go, you got this. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. And that's, what's important. It's just applying for each other and backing each other up, especially when it comes to, uh, because losing weight isn't easy at all, at all. It's, it's, it's a, it's something, it has to be something very mental to be able to do, you know? It really is. It's really a psychological part of it as well, because the stress alone, like you're, you can stress so much that it releases that cortisol um, hormone that causes you to keep the weight on. So you can mm -hmm. literally be, you know, if you're stressed every day of your life, you, it's literally impossible <laughs> to lose that weight. So it's wow. it can be psychological as well. Yeah. Okay. So what, um, 
because you know working out has to be a lifestyle what is um some things that you what with some tips or tools that you can give uh to our viewers that's listening that aren't consistent with working out like what can they do if they don't have the time you know like i know mm -hmm. we all have the same amount of time in day and it's just like i don't have the time but like what if they are entrepreneurs that work crazy hours even working overnight because um yeah. I have issues working out when I work overnight. Like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm tired, you know? No. <laughs> so <laughs> what are some tools that you can give or maybe some advice that you can give for people that aren't consistent? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's good. And it's definitely come up <laughs> once or twice <laughs> with clients. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, it, start simple. Start with like small goals, because if you set your goal as like, I want to lose 20 pounds, it's not really like measurable or like specific, like how are you going to lose those 20 pounds? So let's start mm. with um, how many steps a day do you do? Let's, if you start with 5,000, let's start with 5,500 tomorrow. And like, just add yeah. like even just the 500 steps a day and just work your way up. And then after two or three weeks, you're up to 10,000 steps. And then that's adding extra time, mm -hmm. but staying consistent. Yeah, it's, it's really hard, especially if you work overnight. Um, if you, there's different ways you can kind of incorporate the movement. It doesn't have to be like stepping or walking around your, your house. It can be dancing. Um, I know you probably don't feel like dancing when you're working, <laughs> but like even just like getting up and like stretching or just some sort of movements, um, and just kind of add that every day. And then that'll increase over time. Okay. That's good mm -hmm. advice. So how did you come up with the name Ryzen Phoenix Fitness? Yeah, so I love the Phoenix story. So I love relating that to fitness because you're created with your own uh, from your ashes. So when the Phoenix dies, it gets born again from its ashes. And mm. I don't know if you guys are huge uh, Harry Potter fans, but Dumbledore with his with his uh, Phoenix um, Fox, um, there's a scene in one of the movies where Fox dies and then immediately like it's born again. So sorry, nerding out for a second, but um, I, just, I absolutely <laughs> love it. And like, I find I have a Phoenix tattoo because I felt like I have been born again born from again. my own yeah. ashes, from my own story. And you can as well, anyone can. So I just like to relate that to fitness and that you can be born again through fitness. So. That's all amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love it. That's that was so great. Mm, thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate and applaud you, you know, for your your over being an overcomer and your resilience, you know, and able to walk away from something that was no longer good for you. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to walk away from anything that we know isn't good for us. And sometimes it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We get there and, you know, and you overcome and. I appreciate you for that and being able to inspire others and empower others now, especially, you know, with your, uh, with your fitness and helping others, you know, being able to become and just body wise, mental wise. And, and thank you for sharing your testimony. Of course. Thank you for having me on as a guest. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this has been therapeutic for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shinara, do we have any um, questions from the audience? Let's see here. Uh, Portia wanted to mention, absolutely, Katie, glad you found your power. Uh, had you attempted to leave before? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, no, it kind of... Um, 
snowballed from the very first time I talked to him about it. Um, of course, it came with that anger. So I let him be and gave him some space and brought it up again. So it, it took me a lot of tries <laughs> um, to even get my voice out there and heard because I, it had to have that process of him making it his own decision. Once it was in his head and like, oh, this is my decision, then it's okay. Like it, it couldn't okay. come from me. It wasn't my, my, um, you know, opinion or anything like that. I didn't have a voice like that sort of thing. Right. So yeah, I didn't try to leave before because I would always give him excuses. I would always think that it's normal or like, oh, it's okay that he treats mm. me like that. And, um, because he always, you know, acted like a godsend in front of my friends and family. So, um, it was always when I would try to complain about, or, you know, vents really, um, they would always be like, well, he's great, you know, like he's, he obviously treats you well. And like, it was always kind of responded with that. So that kept me in longer than it should have. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad you were able to find your voice though, truly are. And I hope people, you know, that's in your life or anyone that may be married, no matter how long it is, are able to find their voice as well, mm -hmm. you know, um, because it, it's, it's tough when you're, you're not really able to be yourself in in the in a committed relationship with your partner mm -hmm. so i'm glad you were able to um get out and find your voice and for those that are around you no matter how long they've been to married that they're able to get their voice back as well yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah thank you again it's been such an honor katie for coming mm -hmm. on and sharing your testimony and we have one question we ask all our guest speakers what makes you uncommon I love this question <laughs> all week about this question because I'm like, <laughs> what makes me uncommon? I was listening to other like episodes too. I was like, what does everyone else say? <laughs> um, I think it's, I'm, I'm hoping this isn't uncommon, honestly, but I, I think it's being able to regain my voice and to regain my autonomy from a broken marriage and to rise from the ashes really and become my own self and start really a new life. Like I started, I went from living with him to having my own place and then leaving my job to having my own um, business. So yeah. hopefully it's not so uncommon, but that's, that's going to be my answer. <laughs> and regaining your voice is uncommon because look how many people don't you know, look how many people are stuck in the situation and they're not able to get out. So Absolutely. yeah, you made a difference in your life and that makes you uncommon, you know, because that's yes. who you are today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you again so much for your story. And I'm glad you got your voice back because mm -hmm. everyone, everyone deserves to have a voice, even the ones that can't speak for themselves. That's why we, you know, Uncommon Women and Katie, you know, can have a voice for women out there that don't have a voice because I know I didn't have one and now I do. And without us, we wouldn't be able to speak for other women. Yes, girl. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, um, everyone, for tuning in this evening. Um, if you're looking to uh, promote your business, Uncommon Women is doing a business promoter, a business promoter proposal um, in order for you to grow your business. Um, you can contact us at at gmail.com. Also, I'm going to uh, promote our 
Shawnee Rodriguez. She is a woman that she is out there to help you improve your credit. Um, if you need to give her a call, her phone number is 610-413-4600. Um, her information is on the flyer on the screen. And as well as if you or anyone that wants to come on to our platform to speak on any testimony, if you or anyone that know anyone that wants to come on, again, you can um, contact us at uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and as well as, um, you know, make sure you tune in for Tara or God Guru for Motivational Mondays. And reminder, make sure you come on and tune in for next week for another powerful testimony and stay uncommon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace. Good vibes and stay uncommon.